Welcome to HopSec, a beer podcast with an InfoSec problem. I am your host, Ethan, and I'm here today with another two guests, Mike Connor and Colin. I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Connor? I'm Mike Connor. I've been in and around the industry for about a decade now, spending way too much time at conferences and drinking way too much beer. Uh, honestly, fun. just really happy to be here because this is going to be a fun time. <laughs> Good. Yeah, um, absolutely going to be a fun time. So my name is Colin Valance. Um, I'm a wireless guy primarily. Uh, I work for a large VAR, um, but I kind of, I, I wouldn't say I have a security problem, but security has always been on the edge and something I've been interested in. So that like that's how I met these two guys. And um, basically beer and security is what we always end up talking about <laughs> anytime the three of us are together. Well, thanks again for coming, and that's, uh, yeah, this is the first episode that people are, like, are real names and real people seeing what kind of they do. So we know each other from different conferences that we volunteer. We can talk a little bit about that later once beer starts flowing. <laughs> right now, we are starting with an IPA, and I'm going to start taking pictures of these. Eventually, it's an other half and industrial arts hazy IPA that I had here called Nummy Nummy Nug Nug. It's an 8.3 ABV delicious beer. And then Connor brought us some some stuff that we're going to be talking about soon. But anyhow, we're talking about traveling. I don't know if Connor travels a lot for work. No, not too much. It's yeah, just there's for, options at work for travel I've not needed to. Yeah, you just, recently you just travel for beer. I do a lot of travel for <laughs> beer. I try to make it happen so that anytime I am traveling, beer is involved. Okay, well, we're going to be talking about that once we open the beer that you brought us here. That's pretty amazing. I'm looking forward to it. Colin, we were talking about, or I, I said, don't say anything because we <laughs> want to talk about this. So you have gone to Santa Clara, California a few times, and I used to live in that area. So you're like, what, what beers are good here? So I sent you to a place that unfortunately I learned that closed, Santa Clara Valley Beer Company. I think that was the name. Steve was the brewer owner. I don't know exactly what happened, but you went there and you said they had a really good sour yeah, IPA. It was, it was a sour IPA. Um, I, I sat at the bar and I think I got a flight just of sort of my normal go-tos, which usually is, um, IPA now hazy IPA, um, uh, sours, uh, I might throw a stout or a porter in there. Um, or sometimes if they have a German style, depending on what season it is. But I remember out of what I had, I was like, okay, not bad. You know, all well done to style, clearly done well, but. You know, those are the ones that I'm like, okay, hits the mark, just not my thing. And man, they had a sour IPA that I did the taster of, and I got a pint of it, <laughs> and I got another pint of it, and then I walked out with a growler. So that was, yeah, that was really, uh, I really liked that. But it wasn't one of their regulars, so you know, that's the enjoyable part about it. I traveling. still have one of their bottles. I don't know if it's going to be good or not, but we're going to. It's not, it's not in the fridge, so we're not opening that today. But, yeah, Steve, actually, he used to work for a brew pub called Stoddard's back in the day. And he's probably 
one of the guys responsible for me to like craft beers. Uh, he made a pretty good ESB. That was my go-to beer for, for Steve. But when he had his brewery, the Santa Clara, Santa Clara Valley, he had the Electric Tower IPA. It was a West Coast-style IPA. It was pretty good. Let's see what, what he, he does next. But so for beers, what 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 was your first craft beer experience? Oh, let's see, first craft. So, because you were in like Grand Rapids, yeah. right? So Before. I think yeah. When I I started to kind of drink beer when I went to college, and I went to school in Northern Michigan, and there wasn't a lot of craft beer. It was a lot of crappy beer when I was in college. Um, my dad, though, was a regular at Founders when Founders was in a small building called the Brassworks Building in Grand Rapids. He and his buddy, uh, both both Englishmen, would do what the English do, and you go after work, and you sit down, and you have a beer, and you make friends with the bartenders. Um, his buddy ended up, who was in financial services, talking with those guys, and ended up getting someone involved in the business. So, like... My dad and his buddy were just staples at the bar. So once I was old enough to be able to get into the bar legally, um, my dad would have me come out. And then I was like, oh, okay, there's there's beer that's not Bush Light or not <laughs> The Beast. Uh, this is pretty good. And that I think that was sort of the start of drinking craft beer and understanding like, oh, this this isn't just in a can and this is changing and there's different things about it um and then it kind of also opened the door to me thinking about home brewing which i think probably about a year after that my dad and i tried the first time and ended up with something that tasted like you know rotten bananas but that's the first craft beer for a lot of people <laughs> that might be the new style that is gonna <laughs> yeah i don't know after kettle sours is gonna be banana sours yeah. off off tasting esters uh we got it on the first try I think I had a, I might have a can of uh, a banana milkshake IPA from Moore. It was banana-ish. If we have time, we, we, we can do that. But what what was the first style of beer that you kind of remember, or a beer? Um, so it was a founder's beer. Yeah, I don't remember the beer. The, the style was, I think IPA was like the first thing that was interesting to me. Because my, So my dad being English, he likes a very mild beer. So he would usually drink a pale or, you know, if they had something that was like a Pilsner and that was kind of his thing. So I drink what he had and then it was like, all right, well, let me try some other stuff. And like, I, I get that, I get a stout, but then we just, I never had anything that was super hoppy. I was like, oh, this is interesting. And that was kind of the thing that hooked me. Okay. Um, and then we did, have you guys ever had anything from uh, Keweenaw Brewing Company? No. no. Yeah, it's a, it's a small brewery up in northern Michigan, and they were, my last year at college, they were moving from just having stuff in their brewery into cans, and they were giving us, like, because they knew, again, the fraternity houses and places that would have beer on tap, um, a $40 keg of Bush Light is hard to beat from a cost perspective for a college kid, so they'd do $45 kegs of their stuff oh, wow. because they were trying to get into the market, so... Yeah. Those of us that were liking craft brew were like, that is what I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, that was pretty awesome. That's nice. Let me rinse your glasses. Oh, yeah, 
In the meantime, how about you, Connor? What's, okay. Um, what's, what's the beer Nirvana? I won't quite say Nirvana because it wasn't that life-changing, but the thing that really got me hooked, as silly as it might sound, was Magic Hat number nine. Probably 12, 14 years ago now, they had some silly promotion where you sent in six bottle caps and they'd give you a one of their nice like bartender bottle openers. I'm like, cool. I want one of those. I'll give this beer a shot. I'm like, awesome. This is not regular college Bud Light, Bush Light, Coors Light beer. This actually has some flavor to it. I'm going to start drinking this kind of stuff going forward. And then slightly expanded from there, started looking into other beers, found Three Floyds, and I think that kind of speaks for itself at that point. Interesting that Magic Hat was uh, Paulo drinking. He was in the first episode. That was his beer, too. Yeah. And that's cool. They did a very good job with a simple promotion of a bottle opener for bottle caps, go out drink. Done. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of bottle opener, I'll give you a bottle opener, and you were going to open one of the beers that you brought us, and then you were going to start start talking about traveling for beer, I guess. We're going to start with this one, and those that are kind of aware of what's going on can probably guess what the second one is, but we're going to start off here with Pliny the Elder from Russian River Brewing Company. Um, I was fortunate enough recently to travel out for SF Beer Week and spent some time up at Santa Rosa to go to the Russian River Brew Pub, which is one of my favorite places on the planet. Oddly enough, not for their beer, but for their pizza bites. Their beer is great, but pizza bites, world class, so I would travel there. So they have a new place now, right? Yes. Okay. Is it close to where Um, the old one was or not? For those that are aware of the locations, the first one's in Santa Rosa, so just about an hour, hour ten north of San Francisco proper. Yeah. The new location is in Windsor, I believe, which is like 10, 15 minutes north of there. Oh, okay. So it's not too far. So close to Racer 5? Um, so Racer 5 would be Bear Republic, which they've got oh, yeah, two yeah, locations yeah. I'm sorry. as yes. well. Oh, um, they, yeah. now it got more confusing. Yes. So there is one location that is 10 minutes south of the Santa Rosa location <laughs> in Haroldsburg. Haroldsburg is one of the locations. I'm not sure if it's yeah, the one in that kind of like shopping mall-ish like open mall, yeah, so that's, downtown kind of thing. That's the only one. No, that, that was the original. So that's the one north of okay. Santa Rosa. <laughs> yeah. Um, they open up a second one south of. South of. Okay. Uh, it's similar distances. So I'm guessing it's probably, I don't know if Windsor's just past or just before that, or if they're left right of each other. Yeah. I've unfortunately in two years not been able to make it out to the Windsor location. I've only made it to the Santa Rosa, but um Certainly a great time to be had there. Yeah. Good. Let's so, okay. So, we're drinking Pliny, the, the famous Pliny. Yeah. They all do. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for um, bringing that. I've always been happy that you can find this in California. Yes. For the most part. Yeah. yeah. If you look for it. Yeah. I want to say last time I was in San Francisco. As always, I think you gave me a couple spots because I did the, there's a McKellar place, right? Oh, yeah. There's the McKellar <laughs> yeah. place. So I went over there and then we went somewhere after that. It was just a bar, but they had a good selection. And I feel like you gave me that recommendation. But Probably. they had plenty on tap. I'm like, 
okay, that's that's what I'm drinking. <laughs> Might have been Toronado. I was going to say Toronado yeah, is probably right. the Toronado is the easy one that'll have multiples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that place is awesome, man. Right, I love that place. Cash only, and after we buy like two, three rounds, they're like, "Yeah, this one just like so, it's on us." <laughs> yeah, my Toronado stories. I've only been there once. It's I stumbled into it after going to Twenty First Amendment years ago when I was down for SF Beer Week, meeting one of my friends, and we ran into someone at Twenty One A who's basically like, "Yeah, they're doing barley wine fest at Toronado," <laughs> and we're just like. Yes, we need to go check this out. <laughs> so we jump over there, and they literally had 63 barley wines on tap. Holy crap. We were there for an hour. Between the two of us, we were just splitting tasters because it was three-ounce pours, which for barley wines was fairly heavy, and I think yeah. it was averaging about 13% each. We pounded through 10 in that hour, 10 tasters, and then jumped over to McKellar, which had just opened at the time. And we're just like, we can have one, and then we're going to be done. Thank you. Yeah, how did you <laughs> taste anything at that point? It was like the best and worst Tornado experience <laughs> because it's all of this great beer in such a condensed time, and it was so limited into like the styles that they had that I don't think I got the true experience yet. Yeah, it's like I won them all. Right? Yeah. yeah. My Tornado story, I've been there a few times, and every time was like, good and different the pizza place next door saves everything but um kind of talking about the beers we're having here um i was with a former co-worker and he likes beer but not kind of like us but he's a good beer drinker and we're sitting there so i'm like do you want to go to a beer bar i said yeah so we went there and he used to live in the bay area before too so he's like oh yeah i've never been to this place this place is awesome and we're talking, and then I'm like, have you ever had Pliny the Elder? He said, no, I heard of this beer, but I never had it. So I turn to the bartender and say, hey, do you have Pliny? He looks at me and says, the elder or the younger? I'm like, uh, yes. I'm like, the, el- I mean, the elder. He says, well, we have the elder now. We're going to be tapping the younger in, in about an hour. I'm like I look at him. I'm like, we're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> So we were there for a few hours, and then we went to the, the McKellar bar. Right. And I had a, a sandwich, and I'm like, yep. They're like, what beer do you want? I'm like, I don't care. I'm, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm okay for now. Right. <laughs> and that, uh, speaking of the McKellar bar, they have the sour room, I think they call the room downstairs. Okay. Sometimes they do events, but, um, like, it's not open all the time. It's more like an overflow type of room. Yeah. But if you have a good group of people, like they just put you there. So okay. that's kind of cool. And you can like, they have like small windows that you can yeah. see the kegs and stuff. And and they have like a fridge with like special beers. And, but it's pretty cool. Yes. That's good to know. I'm going to remember that. And I just learned that Mikeller downtown LA closed. Apparently oh, they were really? not doing too well. But that's one that I never got to go. Hmm. So it's, it's done. You're not lobbying for... McKellar, Chicago? I tried. Um, apparently, we have too much good beers and too, too many good beers and too many good beer bars in Chicago. He's not interested in that. He's yeah. interested in, in like making a difference, like in places that he can make a difference, yeah. I guess. That's fair. I, I, I yeah. wouldn't want to try to get a liquor license in the city of Chicago. That's, that that's might be another problem, right? There were like rumors maybe like a year ago or so. People are like 
saying that Warpigs was going to open a bar in Chicago. Warpigs is like Three yeah. Floyds and McKellar. That never happened. Um, so I don't think it's, we can see, there's like, there are beers from like Warpigs USA. Like they have like three beers. Yeah. Lazarite, uh, Foggy Geezer, and another one. Salmon Pants. Salmon Pants, yeah. And they're good. I really like the, the IPA one. Yeah. It's mostly like just beers. So yeah, so SF Beer Week. How was so you just came back? How <laughs> yes, was it? Um thoroughly enjoyed it. Um missed most of the events because we were spending way too much time up at Russian River, just because it's so far away and we really kind of wanted to go and do that, which we'll kind of get into a little more in a bit. Yeah. Um, but the one event that uh we did stumble into on our way back down from Santa Rosa. We were basically bar hopping all the way. So we went to Bear Republic. Then we went to a small uh, new brewery parliament from some guys that we met last year that were opening it. So we're like, yeah, let's go support those guys. Yep. Then we went to Hen House. And then we stopped at Lagunitas the, as the last hit before going fully into the city. Yep. And we weren't planning on doing Lagunitas at all. It was just literally we'd been coming out for years and some of the other guys had never been. So we're like, okay, I just need to show them just how big this place is. Cause it is massive in like the greatest way possible. So we get there. We're like, okay, we're here. Let's split a flight. Cool. We were literally on our way out. And I'm like, those taps over there are weird. What's going on. Cause they have by reference to everyone who can see the pictures at home, 20 or 30 taps four of which were just straight red signs, nothing really on them, which if you're aware of the Lagunitas taps, they're all usually white with a color like photo, usually of a dog on the front. So I'm like, okay, something's up with this. So I asked the bartender, what's up with those? And they're like, oh, we're testing out new beers. So it's okay. You're allowed to get a flight of these four beers and then you have to go through and rate them each one to four best to worst and give us your opinion on this. We are literally picking our next seasonal beer. Like we're not leaving until I finish this <laughs> because the one that caught my eye was an apple IPA, which what? exactly. <laughs> it was like, this is either going to be fantastic or terrible. And unfortunately it was just slightly below the mark. Um, one of the guys, Tom, um, that I was traveling with, he suggested doing a more of like a caramel apple stout instead of an apple IPA, which that would work very well. I think. Yeah. Um, personally, I think they needed to have like a little more sugar or something to add a little more sweetness to the apple. But then you're kind of bordering on a cider line or maybe just a hoppy cider. Either way, that's kind of where I'd, we'd like to see them go. But that one was very interesting. Or maybe they should put on like get one of their existing beers like brown sugar okay. and make it like an apple version. Yeah. That maybe could work. Because, yeah, that's really interesting because that's one of the things that Lagunitas, I feel like they don't experiment much. At least we as like consumers, we don't see that, right? That's yeah. one of the reasons I don't make a point of going to their tap room here in Chicago because it's yeah. always the same beer. It's not it's good beer, but it's just eh. have you been to the one in Seattle? No. Yeah, there's a tap room in Seattle. Really? Yep. <clears throat> I only just learned that when I was there two tri trips ago in October. Uh, it just happened to be around the corner from where I was meeting a buddy. And they're like, well, let's go grab a beer. And he's like, oh, yeah, there's Lagunitas around the corner. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I made the point, oh, a fine Chicago brewery. So I'd like <laughs> to say that and see who gets irritated about it. <clears throat> uh, but 
that that was the same thing. I went and said, okay, I'm from Chicago. I can get your beer there. Do you have anything here that I can't get? And I think I had one IPA that was, it was okay, but like not remarkable enough that I even remember it. But yep. yeah, they're, um, they're not super experimental from what I've seen. But I have, I also have They've got, out to California. I'd say the California location had everything that I've ever seen there. Um, Chicago, I've seen maybe once or twice something that was Chicago only. Most of the time, it's they get all the special releases coming through seasonally as they are. But it's they're heavy hitters. I think this is just like they're big. We need to mass produce this location. Yeah. Have you guys? I assume you both been to Empirical. It's up on Ravenswood and uh, Andersonville. I have not. No. I've heard of it. So uh, I used to live about six hundred feet from it before we moved. Um, they do, I, I'm, when I was up there, I'm sad to say I didn't really like many of their beers. It, it was like, Hey, there's a brewery opening spinning distance from my apartment. This is great. And then I was like, yeah, but what they do that I really like, and I wish more places did it is they have an experimental set of taps and they do, it's usually like a single hop or they'll, they'll have one of their regulars as a base and then they change it every two weeks. So you get to say, okay, I know what the base is, and this time we brewed it with these hops. So like a single hop best better or something like that, where they're they're just changing one thing. Like this is this yeast, but it's the same beer as this other one. And like to me, that is amazing. I just wish I liked their beer more. Because that like that's how you dial things in. That's how yeah. you figure yeah. out this is the yeast that I like, this is the hop profile that I like. And it keeps things interesting, right? You can keep going back to a brewery that's not the same five things. And you're just like, okay, I know what this is. You have one seasonal. It's great this season. It's bad this season. But that's there's always something fresh. And I'm sure the brewer there, that's fun, man. I mean, that's like yep. you get to sit and tinker all the time. So, I mean, if you're up there, give it a shot. I don't know if their beers are getting any better, but. Well, we'll stop there and then go to Half Acre and yeah, I mean, Big Isle. Yeah, and there's plenty of places to go. What's the other place, I, the place I took Sparky to before ThoughtCon last year? Twisted Heeple? Is that the name of the place? Twisted Heeple? Huh? No. Where did you guys no? go? You guys went to... I don't remember. I'll have to think about it. Yeah, Twisted Heeple. Was yeah. that it? Yeah. Yeah, well, I still haven't been there, so that's probably why. I, yeah, they make different beers. I had a couple that were good, but not all of them. That's my taste. It's not the beer quality. Did you guys hear that um, the Half Acre Balmoral Tap Room, which is kind of my go-to because I can walk there, um, they're moving over their kitchen to Big Star. I heard that. They're, like, taking over. Like they're gutting their old kitchen and it's just going to be big star. So that might be interesting. It might be bad for me because the reason I like going up there is there's more space and less people. <laughs> so I can bring people there that are from out of town and have conversations. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it'll get super popular. But I like that location. They got a nice outdoor area too. Yep. Pretty nice in the summer. Have you been, have you guys been to any of their festivals like Big North or? Mm, no. Big North? I I think I went two years ago. Really good because they use the outside, the indoors, outdoors. Uh, 
bands playing. It's pretty cool, like during the the good time of the year of Chicago when it's not now. Uh, but yeah, and I like their beers, like Half Acre. I think they're solid. Yeah, Beguile. I don't know. Yeah, I like their stouts. Yeah, everything else is. But again, we're kind of spoiled. I guess. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, do we do I need to rinse your glass? That's, Are we done with this one? There's still a little more in that if we want to. Oh yeah. Kill we, it. Oh, I we, just didn't want to push too much for the glass right away. Oh, we, we do. <laughs> this is a good beer. This. Oh, we were going to finish it. That was never the question. It's, <laughs> yeah. Are we going to finish now? Right. Exactly. We're in no so rush. this was the best. IPA or the best beer in America for years and years, yeah. according to somebody, of course. Beer Advocate or Rate Beer, one of those two, has a super, super high. Yeah. Which we were yeah, checking. Solid, right? Um, when we were up there, I think. So, beginning of February 2020, just for a reference, um, it was 17th on, I think, Rate Beer or Beer Advocate, which. For how long it's been up there and just holding its place, especially with a lot of the good stuff that's come out since. Yeah. That that's just a statement to just how well done the spear is and it's really cementing its place in if there is a hall of fame right there at the top. Yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah, it's I mean it's pretty impressive. I, do they so where do they distribute at all? I mean they have um, to. But the West Coast here. mostly. Okay. So you'll find it up and down uh, California, I believe, up through um, Washington, Oregon area. Okay. I don't know if they go. They'll probably do a little into Nevada, just because like Tahoe area. I would expect them to sure. be around there. Yeah. I don't know much more outside of that. Yeah, I've seen that in a few places in San Francisco, like Toronado is one. Yep. That usually has it. Um, Beer Revolution in Oakland was my, okay. my go-to place. That's one of the places that turned me into craft beer when I lived there. Um, that's where I had my first McCaller beer, was at uh, Beer Revolution. Um, South Bay, if you're having Campbell, California, which is close to San Jose, there's a place called Spread. They make like sandwiches, and they're also like a beer shop. Really? They had Pliny the Younger, Last two weeks ago, or something like a pony keg of that, just so they they, okay. they get something. Yeah, <laughs> right. But. That's one of the things that always fascinates me: where where you can get certain things, and when you see a brewery kind of blow up, and then their distribution is everywhere, and then frankly, what changes with the brewery once they're at that level? Because it like. For better or worse, the beer is not going to be the same when you're producing at that scale, right? That's, I guess, that's the challenge. Yeah. Right. It's super hard. Yeah, there is. I saw a video not too long ago. I think it's from a bar, a beer, like a, a really known beer bar in the northeast of the U.S. This guy is kind of he doesn't say which brewery it is, but he's very pissed off. That he says, I've been buying your beer for years. Now that you have a big name, you are like, your beer is crap. I just spent like $4,000 in this beer and I cannot, I don't have the balls to serve this to my, to my customers. So through all like 
the comments in the forum, people are saying that it's possibly like he's talking about Trillium. But again, this is yeah. just whatever the internet's saying, right? Mm -hmm. But it's, yeah, once you become too big, it's, I don't know if you can maintain that. It's, it's hard. I mean, it's that, that scale is, and, and I always like, you can kind of feel it when you're at a, at a brewery and you, you sort of see how flexible and dynamic they can be with their seasonals and new stuff that they're playing with. Like you can kind of get a sense of what's the scale and how much, how much time does the brewer have to play around versus you got to crank out the stuff that's popular. Um, I was in, so I've got family in Buffalo, New York, and I was in Buffalo last spring. And my aunt took me to uh, Buffalo Brewing. And they they are very much like founders where sort of, you know, mid, mid late 90s was when they kind of popped out. And in Buffalo, there wasn't a lot going on. So we, we did a tour and just so happened that the owner did the tour. And so there's a bunch of people like, how do I get into homebrew? And I'm like, what yeast are you using? What hop strain in this? And so like, I, unfortunately for everyone You else, were that guy yeah, in the tour. I, I monopolized the time, but like we sort of started talking about some of that. And he said, you know, it's really hard with a brewery that's at our scale and where our distribution is, which isn't wide. It's, you know, pretty local that I have four or five beers that I have to keep on tap that are kind of our staples that again, true to style, they do it a well, well done version of it. And they, they let's take a break. Okay. Let's do, I, I have to master this breaking thing here. We'll be back. <laughs> and we're back and Connor just opened a bottle of Pliny the Younger. Yeah. So tell us about it. <laughs> so tell us about the adventure. Well, first great. off, let's take a taste because I haven't yeah. had it out of the bottle yet, and I oh. hope it's as good as on tap. It smells amazing. Yeah, just as good as on tap. Um, so this is quite honestly and arguably my favorite beer of all time, just for what it is and what it tries to be, uh, but also more for the experience where. This is the first time that it's ever been bottled. So there was a reason that we were up in Santa Rosa, or at least I was, um, spending so much time at Russian River was because each time that you were there during the special release for Pliny the Younger this year, you had the ability to pick up two bottles to go. So naturally, I went three times in 36 hours. <laughs> um, which for years past, the big thing with Pliny the Younger is you've got a line down the block and around the corner, sometimes around a second corner, depending on when you go. And this year, because they were releasing it in bottles, lines were crazy long. Wherein the first day that it was open, the average wait time was about eight hours in line. Oof. Which, personally, that's way too long for me. Um, the longest I've ever done in line was probably about eight, and I would never want to do that again. And this year I spent about a total of 14 hours in line <laughs> for beer. Um, that said, the longest was a seven hour trip, which I basically camped out overnight, making sure that we would get in because if I'm traveling halfway across the country for this, I don't want to miss out and have, and lose the opportunity to have one of my favorite beers. 
Um, that said, based on the time that I got there this year, um, which is the same time that I've done for the past few years, I was literally the first person in line, Oh wow. which first time that's ever happened. Um, partially because I think we chose a weekday this time instead of a weekend. So there were less people looking to go out and because literally dumb luck on the day. Um, because usually when we're there at the time that we show up, it's we're between 30 and 60 people deep in the line already. Yeah. Which anywhere about 80 or so people to the front, you're going to guarantee to get in in that first wave, which then you're sitting pretty. It's no additional line time because you're limited to three hours in the brew pub each time you go through the line. And with each of that three hours, you're allotted three of the Pliny the Younger draft pours. And then this year, two bottles to go, which again was the main reason we came and being able to share with you guys and especially watching Colin's reaction to his <laughs> first try really just kind of shows like the, yeah, there's something special about this. Yeah. <laughs> so what type of beer is this? Um, this is a triple IPA that I pretty much just call magic because it's smoother than a lot of single IPAs that I've it had. Is. It's full of flavor, but not trying to hit too much in one specific flavor. It's brewed with more hops than I could probably care to, even with the entire description right in front of me, relate to everyone. <laughs> um, you could most certainly look it up online and I highly suggest that you do. But it it's this mixture of flavors. It's it's exactly what I'm looking for in a beer. And I think just everyone else kind of sitting around here just being like, not quite in awe, but just being like, this is exactly what I want right now. Yeah. Almost the silence just kind of it's, fills I mean, itself. The... So whenever I had that on tap, I thought it was a Belgian IPA. Okay. It's a triple. It's a triple. A uh -huh. triple. It comes in at 10 to 5. Based on Untapped wow. this year, because this is ten two five exactly. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> I mean, it like it's super floral too for how hoppy it is, which is awesome. Because I'm super over super exceptionally bitter high IBU oh, yeah. IPA. Like I'm glad that we're kind of turning the corner on that, because that's what everyone <laughs> was doing for a while. Oh, and I've got <laughs> it's it's. It's easy. I don't want to say it's easy to do. It's a lot harder to make a balanced beer, especially when oh. it's this complex and so well blended with all those different hop flavors. Yes. That's amazing. So by reference, going back to the elder being ranked 17th, I think the younger was ranked four okay. at the time. That's which I agree. Um, like you compare the two, everyone's just like, yeah, elder is great. Then you have the younger and she's like, there's not even a comparison right now. That's just like, wow. No, I'm uh, <laughs> For me, they're totally different beers. Yeah, oh, they yeah. are. But it's and just the like... color of this one is like, again, I had this at Tornado and maybe after a few beers, I'm like, yeah, just a Belgian IPA. No, not really. I'm a dumbass. That's what it is. Oh, <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm going to find this when I'm in California next time. because Good luck. <laughs> find okay. one. Maybe I won't find it. Uh, <laughs> so I'll try. The Younger is officially only available at the Brew Pub for two weeks out of the year, starting the first Friday in February. Mike, why do you have to tease me with these things? Just gives you an excuse to come out <laughs> next year with me. <laughs> so how many how many how, how many people go in your in your tour? Um, 
this year there were only two or no, there were three guys that joined me. Um, I've had as many as five or six with me. Um, yeah. yeah, it just kind of who can make it. It's not exactly a private event. I'm certainly open right, to yeah. most people in and around the InfoSec community or just like Chicago in general. It's kind of like this podcast, right? Yeah. This is like we're talking about beer. There are like beer podcasts. Colin was asking me before, why, why do I do this? I don't know. I tried listening to beer podcasts and I just can't. Some are really boring. Not that I'm, this one might be boring too. I don't know. But at <laughs> least here, like I try to give tips or like if you're traveling, lots of people in our industry travel for beer or work. So we're always like on the lookout for beers and beer places. And yeah. like I have a Pelican case that I drag beer around with me. Um, so if I go like to places like California that I know I have friends and stuff, I bring stuff from Chicago right. and then it comes <laughs> back with stuff from California. Um, yeah. So that's, that's one of those where with this trip, with having to camp out in line, I literally pack a folding chair in my luggage, which that places or displaces any beer I'd like to bring out to share with people to the point <laughs> that I'm just like, I would love to share beer with you right now, but my luggage is overfilled to the point that I can't just for the option to make sure that I get this beer. Yeah. Um, we want to do something else that's not SF Beer Week and not Pliny the Younger or the Younger Games, as we affectionately call <laughs> it, just for the fight that we have to put through in line. Um, yeah, I'll gladly bring you pretty much anything that I've got in my stock that you guys can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> has, has anyone um, highly recommended following you on Untapped? Any of your other guests? Because they should. <laughs> Mm, no. Um, funny story at Toronado was we're hanging out with a buddy, like somebody's from Brazil, and one of the guys were like on Untapped, and one of the guys like, "What are you guys doing?" We're like logging our beers. Like, what is that? It's like, oh, this is really cool. I want to join. It's like one of the guys like, "Don't look at Luis's number. Like, it's <laughs> like either you're gonna give up on this right now or not, right? Like, it's like no way. I I brag about you." Like, oh, absolutely. What I was saying, oh, yeah, I got, I have a friend that if I go anywhere, he's the first person I text and say, hey, do you know a brewery around here? Well, and I, then I show travel a lot. Yeah, and I, I show your untapped Go to a bunch of beer stats. festivals, too. But yeah. <laughs> I joined Untapped a long time ago. I've, uh, if it's on Untapped and you rated it well, I, I've never had a bad recommendation. Oh, thank it. you. So, I try to, although that's one of the things, right? I've been drinking good beer for probably, 10 years now, like caring about that. Um, my taste changed, of course. Oh, right? sure. Yeah. But yeah, usually I try to, to be fair for the ratings. If I really dislike a beer, I just don't rate it. I'm bad with that. Yeah. I'm not going to give you <laughs> If it is somebody that is trying to do something right, right, it's kind of any profession. I, I, did, I didn't say that. Well, here's a question for you guys. So it's not your show, but go ahead. <laughs> what is a <laughs> go ahead? Go what ahead. is a what does a a three mean to you on Untapped? Like in the old days, I'll say the old days, right? It was a, a single notch. You had like a one to five, and now there's half. And mm. I, had, I had a conversation with a friend. Like, what's a is there are there quarters too? Yeah, you looked recently. <laughs> so like we were talking about, well, what's a five? And I said, I don't think there is a five. I, like I can't. I've had fives. I can't give you the. I think this was a five. I've got a lot of fives. Okay, um, but I rate 
also on the experience of the beer. Oh, that's fair. Because not every beer experience is going to be the same. Whereas I could have the same beer that's good now and has skunked in six months. Yeah. And it's yeah. unfortunate that it's a bad experience. Yeah. I can't rate it as what it would be or what it should be. Right. But it's if I'm waiting seven hours in line for this, regardless of what <laughs> it, it is, better be good. <laughs> I'm well, going to enjoy it because I just waited seven hours in line for beer. There's nothing I want more than a beer. Getting arguably one of the best beers ever, let alone my favorite beer. Yeah, this is going to be fantastic. Right. <laughs> so I feel like you you were describing like being the first one in line for Pliny the Younger. Yes. It's like being the first one in line for DEFCON. <laughs> kind of, sort of. <laughs> Yeah, um, for, I think I honestly just got really lucky with how little I was in line for being first. Yeah, well, it, it happened, right? Yeah, it's the guy who showed up to get number spot number two was 10 minutes behind me, and he was so pissed when he wasn't the first one. <laughs> oh, really? Because at the time, it was just me. I let the other people traveling with me sleep until six. I'm like, hey, I got three more guys this year that are coming. I've given them till six. If they're not here by then, spot two is you. Until then, it's... Is it cool if I hold it for him? He's like, yeah, that's great. I appreciate it. Six is the cutoff. At six, they were there, and just barely. I was happy to just kick them to the end of the line. <laughs> <laughs> Making me sit out there by myself for a few hours, but yeah. Yeah, well, you're, you're a trooper. So speaking of, like, beer releases and stuff like that, you, you are one of the guys that I know that usually tries to make to Three Floyd's um, Dark Lord Day Yep, every year. You want to describe that experience to people? Dark Lord Day is um, beer with lines, the conference, I guess you could, uh, for the InfoSec relation to it. Um, basically, all you're doing is standing in line to get in, standing in line for beer, standing in line for food, standing in line for the bathroom, and then repeating outside of standing in line to get in, depending on whether you want to leave or Plus not. Plus the rain. Plus the Schmoocon thing that it is to get tickets. Yes. To be um, there, right? So it's tickets sold out this past year in under three seconds. I'm fairly certain. So nearly as bad as Schmoocon, um, which they have probably 10,000 ticket sales. Um, so massive, massive event for how quickly they're selling out. It's probably on par with Schmoocon without so the bots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So especially like you've been going for years, you have the beer. You, yeah. I hope you like the beer. Uh, I enjoy. I, it. I'm sure you do. <laughs> uh, is the beer getting better, worse, the same? The beer changes each year, um, ever so slightly, which is good and it's bad. I'd say um, a few years ago, I did a five-year vertical from 2011 through 2015, and the 2011 and the 2015 were the two top at the time. So it was the freshest and the oldest. I don't know if that's saying something into what they were going or how they're moving, but it's certainly an interesting dynamic. So it wasn't just me. It was, we did a bottle share derby con and there were like eight of us. They were like, yeah, those are the two top ones. And some people had the 11, some people had the 15. So it wasn't exactly a, this one necessarily over the other, but those two far superior to the rest. So it's, is it definitely, definitely a beer to age or not? Yes, it does age well if aged properly. Um, I have I still have a few bottles of 2011. I'm trying to get a full vertical in to do. At this point, I almost want to say 
save it another year and go for the 10. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to be sitting on it too long, so I'm probably going to crack at least one of them this year at some point and get a good share going on with that. But back to the line thing, it's with all the time you've spent in line, it's open drinking in line. So the biggest and best part of Dark Lord Day is all the crazy beers that people bring. And it's just literally bring a necklace that has a small little taster glass on it. People are going to be filling it for you, whether you want them to or not. In almost. line before you get in. Yes. it's lit- You will have more beer in line than you will buy there, which they have great beer on tap. They'll have every Dark Lord of the year and every variant of the year. As Lots well as usually guest beers, right? Um, historic Dark Lords and the guest beer list is phenomenal. Like it's just a long day and it's usually raining and it's yep. usually like Weather's, that last day of winter in the Midwest is there. Weather's not great, so you need to be prepared to be wet the entire time and be cold the entire time. Yeah. If you can last through that while drinking beer, you'll have a good time. Sounds like a good line con experience. It, it you'll be spending a lot more time in line than you'd like, <laughs> but it's not going to be a bad experience if you can just stand literally standing the entire time. Do you usually stay down there in Munster or um, cat that? I have out? in the past. It's I'll usually, depending on the time slot, because your tickets allocate you the uh, option for when you can pick up your beer, mm-hmm. because the ticket price, at least in the past few years, um, includes your beers, your one rare variant based on your ticket, a uh, bag to go, and then I think it was just entrance to the festival itself, which based on the price, was about $25 for the regular Dark Lord and 50 for the rare. A little pricey, but not absurd, given what they're trying to push out. It's kind of on par with what I'd say a festival should be. So it's if you can afford it, yes, it, the money makes sense. You're probably going to get your values worth out of the beer if you like that. Um, as for... The timing, it's usually an hour or two-hour segment, I think it is, that that's when you can go to get in and get your beer. The rest of it is just free entrance to the festival. And if food is included now, right? Food is not included. Uh, they've got yeah. a handful of food trucks. Yeah. Um, the last year I went, they had, I think I had like tickets for food. Yes, so they did that one time. Where that, I had zero food. <laughs> uh, the lines for food were far too long, and that year it was super rainy. Yeah. So with these paper tickets, they were literally just falling apart in your hand. Oh, that's and what happened. Now it, I remember. <laughs> it was literally like, why do I even bother with this? Yeah. So this past year, it's we literally Ubered to a local brewery like 10 minutes away, had lunch there, wound up sitting next to the owner, shooting the shit with him, and got a free, I don't know if it was a free round or some free food just because we were hanging out with him. And then went back to Dark Lord Day after getting lunch. Probably the same time it would have taken us in line. <laughs> That's That sounds good. That's almost a pro tip right Do there. you do Black Friday for Bourbon County or no? I have never done that one. Um, I play way too much soccer. And yeah. there is a pickup <laughs> game that occurs that Friday morning. And which that starts at like 8 a.m. That us- usual pickup game time is 6 a.m. on Sunday mornings. So way too early in the morning, I much prefer the extra two hours to sleep on a day that I've got off work that I literally just put out for soccer. As much as I like Bourbon County, um, <laughs> I'm going to pick soccer over that. I can, I can pick up that most any place later. Have you guys played soccer together or against no, each other? Uh, Mike is very talented. <laughs> I'm not 
managed to actually get on a pitch with him. Oh, maybe we should start a beer, beer soccer thing. I don't know. I'm in. Uh, I'd be down, but I'd have trouble finding time, seeing as I'm on five teams <laughs> five? right now. Jeez, last time I talked to you, I think it was three. I might have signed up for a six this literally <laughs> Monday of this week. <laughs> Do you go to Chicago Fire games? Or um, you don't care about that? Uh, Chicago Fire is a very touchy subject at the moment because they just did the worst rebranding that I've <laughs> ever seen ever. Yes, we we actually were talking a little bit about that. Um, I've been plenty of times in the past. I'm happy that they're moving out of the current field way out in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Um, because that venue at the time seemed like a potential option, but with the housing market crash and everything else with the economy at the time, tanked the industry and there was no coming back from that. Yep. So they needed to get out of their current location, but their current rebranding to the worst logo that I've ever seen and getting rid of, um, the basic red color that defines the Chicago fire. It's yeah. They've got, if they don't win the league this season, they're going to have the worst reaction to everything that I've ever seen mm. since Cardiff city rechanging their colors three years ago on the prem and the terrible backlash. So opening game is what next week, or I think it's next week in Seattle, right? They're playing the Sounders, which Ooh, that's a, that's a tough <laughs> one. That's a starter. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll see. Okay. Well, yeah. if you ever go to a game, let us know. And close by, as you can see, we can have some good beers and okay. go to the game, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll have to try and sort something out because that'll be a good time. <laughs> yeah. We'll, brainy or not, we'll go for the beer. Yeah. Uh, what else did I have here? Um, so we talked about the Bay Area. You go to Colorado like once a year mm -hmm. or so. Do you yeah. care about beer when you're down there? Or? Yeah, so I've got a I got a high school buddy there, so I, I go out there and I end up on a snowboard usually. Um, I'm trying to think where the last couple of places because you go in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah, usually? yeah. Well, I mean, we're on the mountains at least. Um, well, I've also got another friend at Vale, so that's like the middle of nowhere, middle of nowhere. Um, but we usually spend a day or two downtown Denver, and there's some good stuff in Denver. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm failing to recall last. Let's see, last time we went, we didn't hit a lot of breweries. So you know, it was kind of I've done I've sort of done the Denver tour. Um, yeah, downtown Denver. I like Crooked Stave. Yeah, like True. True is great. Uh, it's been a couple of years since I've been at True. I was at True probably like a year or two after they opened, and they were still pretty small. But like, you know, I don't know how big they are. Nice scrappy little brewery. It's yeah. kind of cool. Um, I've been out to Avery. You know, we've we've gone out and done that. I had some of the hottest jalapeno poppers in my life at Avery. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which not and you you do yeah I do hot but it, yeah. it, like I was a uh, I was a sweating mess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I like the stuff out there, but there's nothing that comes to mind right now that's like you have to go here. True, true is probably one of them. I think it's a cool experience. I don't, I don't remember any of their beers being over the top. Like I have to get like, you know, Pliny, but it's a great, it's a great sort of 
you get a picnic table style little dirty metal bar, which I love. So, <laughs> what's the other brewery from Denver? I think they won um, Fobab years ago. Any team winner? Well, there's always um, Simon's. Um, Is it all? Uh, uh, starts with a W. Weldworks? No. They're out there too, right? They're good. Oscar Blues is somewhere down there. Yeah, that's okay. I, I like their um, stouts. Yeah, and that's and that's something you can get kind of everywhere too. Uh, some of them. Well, so yeah, yeah, some the stuff that they can. Some of it. Um, Wine Coop is what I'm thinking of. That's kind of like the standard. No, that's one of their older breweries. Um, nothing super fantastic there that I can remember. Um, Not going to remember the name of the brewery. Yeah, there's a, there's a small a small place that did a lot of German style stuff that wasn't bad. Um, yeah, I, there's nothing that's like outstanding that I could think of. Hmm. Not, nothing bad. Yep. But nothing, nothing that I rave about to this day. Mike, have you ever been to GABF? Can't say I have. Yeah, okay, I haven't done. I haven't done that. Have you been? Nope. I think it was. Yeah. Every time, like I'm like, oh, it's happening. Didn't care about going. Or forgot about it. It's in the fall, right? That's that's exactly the problem. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, I, I, same thing. GABF. It, it Let's see if creeps up and I'm like, oh, Google yeah, food. I didn't plan 2020 on. is uh, Thursday, September, 4th, uh, September 24th. Yeah. Through Saturday, September 26th. Yeah. That, what, maybe one of these days I should really make the effort to, <laughs> to get out there and do it. it it's so big, though. Yeah, I think it's a awards uh, focused festival. Like it's good for the brewers, not not me. And I just, but I'm sure if I go there, I have fun and have good beers. <clears throat> well, let's try to find that brewery that now it's bugging me that I cannot find it. It's not no, it is Weldworks. Okay, I was thinking of Weldworks, Media Noche. Reserve is there like super special imperial stout and bourbon bourbon barrels and okay and the the German place I was thinking of is called Prost which makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but it's a nice little beer garden and they do a German style well and it's kind of a nice um, if you're in the downtown sort of on the edge of one of the hipper neighborhoods it's a good little spot to sit and have a couple German beers that's a I enjoy German beers because it's very crisp. You know, it's an easy, easy on the palate. Like, you know what you're going to get. Nice, crisp beer. Great when it's hot out. Um, Video Man has a nice little, have you been to his house? No. He's got a nice little sort of basement (laughs) area. When I was doing all that work in um, Minneapolis a couple years ago, I went and visited him and Laura. And they've got this nice little 
old basement area in the back of the basement that it's just like built in shitty shelves. <laughs> he's got a bunch of beer cellar down there. I'm like, this is perfect. Yeah. You know, Minnesota basement. So yeah, it's cold, but it's even. Right. I'm like, man, that's, I wish I had that. So I just opened what I call now the wild card bottle that I think I cellared all right. I don't have a, a nice yeah. cellar place, but I think by the smell. Nice. That place? I think it's just too cold right now. Maybe. Yeah, we'll yeah. open up a little bit when it warms. Yeah. But I mean, being cold isn't hiding. Anything. So this is a Firestone Walker Velvet Merkin. Which year? 2013. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> That's an old one. <laughs> yes. That really, okay. So I was like, I was pretty sure that this one was going to be all right. But I'm like, I don't know. After the fiasco of the <laughs> the Five Rabbit last weekend, last week. <laughs> I, Firestone is one of those places that I always sort of forget about, and that I have. I've never a, been to. Yeah, I haven't either. San Luis it's, Obispo, maybe. Yeah, well, it's, it's too far it's, away from it's, LA it's and SF. Where yes, it exactly. It's right in the middle, right? It's, yeah. You have to make it. Yeah, I think they have there. a brew. They have a tap room in Venice now, or close to Venice, okay. and they have their sour beer program whatever it's a little north of that but yeah they're kind of out of the way that's they make good beers so i i don't want to derail the beer podcast but <laughs> derail i i have a a friend of mine used to have a wine distribution company he's no longer doing that but they had a couple good relationships with some small vinters in paso which is where these guys oh, are. Paso Robles, yeah. um and we still get their wine so at some point as I, you know, go down to Santa Clara regularly, I'm planning on bringing my partner, and we're gonna go down there and see if we can do a, a tour. Yeah. But like now that I think about it, I should slot that in too and go see if they've got a, a brewery tour or at least a tasting room. Or something I'm sure like they that. do. Yeah. It, it's a solid company. It's I like their beers. If they distribute all the way out here, I guarantee they've got yeah. a tour. <laughs> but, yeah. but you're right. It's you have to want to go down there because it's not. A short drive. We, we were yeah. going to plan. Out, well, we're going to go there for a couple of nights, get a hotel. Yeah. Um, you know, and especially if you're going to go do a wine tasting here. They have some really great wineries there. Oh yeah. yeah. So okay. Yeah, this, no more wine talk. No, that's fine. <laughs> this is. That's held up pretty well, though. Yeah. And I mean, I I like that they do British styles. Those are near and dear to my heart. <laughs> You know, I agree that it'd be better warm, but I almost like that it's chilled right now because it's really it's smoothing out the bourbon barrel that this was put in. It so it's that's, super smooth. Yeah. It's yes, which I'm a big fan of. <laughs> it doesn't taste hot. It's not hot at all. Yeah, I get the bourbon on the nose, but. So let's talk about bottle shares. Um, we've done, I have done bottle shares with you guys at DEF CON, yep. at ThoughtCon of sorts. <laughs> yeah, 
kind of sort of. I think, of, yeah, I think the, 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 the ThoughtCon battle share is usually I bring three things that are like, here's the rare stuff I got right now. Help yeah. me drink this. They're usually covert <laughs> bottle shares. Yeah. Yeah. Well, last year was good. What, you you got the vanilla dark lord? Was uh, the Henji? Yeah, that? I brought the Henji last yeah. year. And I brought a bottle logic fundamental yep. observation. Good. Yeah, it was a double vanilla <laughs> stout kind of yeah. thing there. Yeah. It's, but I think the most successful year that we had with the bottle share was at Villains, which no longer exists. Oh, yes. That was so good. It was a good beer bar <laughs> here in Chicago that unfortunately went away. But, wow. Yeah, we could. Yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but, yeah, we had a bottle share there. And <laughs> it was, yeah, it was good. And you never skimp on your your your, your bottles. That's you're, you're awesome about that. You're like, yeah, I have this beer. And you're like, not showing off. You're like, just, yeah, let's have it. And I have the same too many of these because I want to share with people. Yeah. I want good people to drink with. Come on. Yeah. So with that, bottle shares are fun, but sometimes they could be tricky too, right? Because either, like, and it's not people's fault, they don't bring what kind of the style of beer that you like. Um, sometimes I've seen people, and, and I find this kind of weird, people bring really nice bottles, and they wait until, like, the end. They're like, oh, we're all drunk. We're done. Let's save this one for another time. It's like, no, <laughs> open this, right? Yeah. It's, That's, uh, I've seen that. Not It's not usual, but I'm like, I, I kind of don't like that. Um, but, yeah, I've had some really good beers at Bottle Shares. It's just hard to find a place to have a bottle share. I find it other yep. than this podcast, I guess. <clears throat> it's I've tried to organize more than a few at different conferences that I go to where it's I want to have it during the day, but I also don't want to take away from the conference itself. I want to have it in the public so that people can join, but I also don't want freeloaders just jumping in. Yeah. I want to try and set the stage so that there is a certain expectation on the beer. So people aren't just bringing Bud Light and being like, Hey, cool. I brought a beer. Let me in. And at the same time, it's, we can't do it at night. Cause I don't want to impact anyone's dinner or other plans. So it's super hard because a lot of times there's more beer than people and it's going to take a little while. Yeah. Um, where it's, I'd very much like for a more official idea of, hey, we're just going to have a bottle share room. Talks are going to be on the TV because we want to make sure that all the content is still available to people. Um, entrance to get in is you can either donate a bottle, which will have someone there just distributing pours, and you get tickets based on how big the bottle is. Or you can donate X much money to charity, which then you get tickets for the amount of money you donate. The only problem is bringing beer to a venue for someone else to be serving or getting space or having someone doing security. Yeah, space usually, like if we're talking about DEFCON, and that's how our friends usually do, right? They get, yeah. a, they get a suite and then people chip in, which is totally fair. And that seems to work for the most part. Yeah. But other than that, it's very hard, right? And if you're going to... And you have the different like like 
before it was like bottle shares, right? Bottles. Now it's like cans. So you can bring like a can of some really good stuff, but then you're going to have like a sip of it, right? Yeah. It's Whereas if you bring like a brewery 750 bottle <laughs> of very rich beer, it's like, yeah, everybody's going to get drunk on that bottle. And yeah. it's Then there's the other issue of DerbyCon a few years ago when we did the Flight of Dark Lord or the Vertical of Dark Lord. It's okay, cool. I brought four of these five. Um, that counts as my one, right? <laughs> and having six people do that in an eight-person group, it's that's way too much beer. It's We need a very strong limit of one beer per person. Yeah. Because and then it's on the person, it's super hard to just okay, what is the one beer I can bring for this one event? What's the beer that I want to showcase that here I'm contributing, or here's the local scene that I want to support that no one else is gonna go see or go get without literally coming to hang out with me. Yeah. When Which, it comes to the person like super at hard. the person <laughs> level, right? It's dealing with people is just like everything else, right? Yeah. What I do remember from one of the bottle shares on that topic, Colin brought some off-color deer from Chicago because he wanted people to experiment like a, like a good beer from Chicago that is not mainstream or it's, like, it's not like a super uber or whatever kind of thing. And just doing like five episodes of this podcast, I guess I neglected, neglected somehow to talk about off-color which is really good brewery. So number one, I really like their tap room. Do we want to talk about the mouse trap? Have you guys been there? I've never been, but yeah, I did talk uh, about it in the last episode. <laughs> ever so in passing. <laughs> Not that I've been reading up or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been there? I haven't gone. No. No? no. Wow. Yeah, you should go to Mouse Trap. That's okay. a pretty awesome it's place. It's high on my to-do list. I've got a few guys that have been not quite begging me, but being like, yeah, anytime you are even remotely in the area, just let us know because we just want to go there. Yeah, it's <laughs> really good. It's nice and big and clean and the beers are good. And right. They don't make IPAs, so don't go expecting an IPA. That's their choice. But they make really good, like, wild beers. They have one stout that is famous that is Dinosmores, and then they have the variations of Dinosmores, yep. coffee and barrel. But it's just like a great experience. And they have, yeah, cocktails and stuff. No food, but who cares? There's a whole food next to it. <laughs> I didn't know they had cocktails. They do. That's nice. Yeah. Means I can bring my partner because she's not a beer drinker. So coerce her. And a place that I've been with you, Colin, before was Dallas. Um, yes. So what happened to them? You got sold, right? You yeah. don't know that either? No, I don't know that either. They were, Dallas Point was acquired by, for a billion dollars. Huh? InBev? No. Uh, years ago, they got acquired for $1 billion. Installation. Constellation Liquors, Constellation Brands. Mm -hmm. And then sometime last year, they got sold to... So Constellation Brands is a 
big company, and they sold Ballast Point to a tiny operation, Kings and Convicts Brewery, just outside of Chicago. Interesting. Yeah. So is the location still there in Chicago? It is. Okay. I know they shut down a few locations, I think mostly in California, because they were originally from San Diego. And I I just learned this reading this. Apparently, they were sold for $17 million. Wow. I don't know if that includes that they have like the spirits side of the house as well. But from one billion to seventeen million, there's a lot of zeros there. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of like their beers. Um, I here in Chicago they have their like research R and D beers. Some of them are okay, some of them are not. But I like the space. I like the way that the operation works. Have you been there? Con- con- Unfortunately, haven't been yet. Okay. Good. We didn't get to go to the rooftop when we went last time. We didn't. I blame it on Sparky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But still, still had a good. I mean, I love that grapefruit sculpin. Yep. That's still one of my go tos. It's just it's high ABV, so I've got to be careful with how many of those I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. They had the. Oh, what's the name of that beer they do? I cannot be Googling everything. That's not good. <laughs> Uh, what was the style? At least is the their porter. They don't make a style. Is uh, something of victory of the sea. Yes, victory at sea. So they have victory at sea day. They have all okay. the variations of that. Oh, they wow. have like coconut and uh, like vanilla and yeah, yeah. I I really like coconut stout. So that's not that's a stout, but that that'll do. That um, sounds pretty nice. <laughs> and what is cool? I like that place, and I I've been to the one. In San Diego, it's kind of the same thing. You just go to the bar, you give your card, and they start running your tab. So if you with a large group of people, you don't have like they don't have servers. So okay. like you order food, you get a number, they bring your food, yeah. cafeteria style. So that's really good for like a large group of people because you don't have to deal with like who's paying what at the end, right? And if you just walk away, they give your card back, they will charge your they're like 25, 20%, 25%, whatever. Off you go. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget your card. <laughs> Stupidity tax. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Happens sometimes. And um, so you are good places for beers close to you. I know you're not like close to so, where we are, we're at right now. <laughs> I'm in the Northwest Chicago Burbs. Um, I don't actually get out too much around there. Um, I'd say the place that I always go to is Kuma's Corner in Schaumburg. Okay. Which Funny I was going to mention that because of <laughs> it's, the one in the West. <laughs> it's hilarious that there are Kuma's as a franchise now. Yes. <laughs> and they have good beer. It's, I'm stupid lucky one of the guys that i play soccer with is one of the servers over there nice so he was giving me the heads up when uh half acre big hugs was coming out he's like yeah we got this full event coming out um but if you come on this day well i'll hook you up and give you all the heads up like the day before so i'm like sold nice so i did that and then played soccer a little bit drunk that night because 
I had every big hugs that there was. <laughs> so which one was your favorite? Um, it was, if I'm remembering, it was a bourbon barrel, a vanilla, and then the regular. The bourbon from this year was my favorite. Okay. The vanilla was far too vanilla. If you like vanilla, that's certainly game on. Uh, it was too much for my personal taste. And then the regular was a coffee stout. It's good. So I would have put the bourbon, the regular, and then the vanilla just because it was too much vanilla for myself. Okay. But all in all, very, very good beers and super lucky just to get that opportunity of kind of previewing some of the stuff that they were going to have an event for. Yeah. I had there uh, at the Kumas on, in the West Loop, I had the Founders KBS Espresso. That, that was good. And I'm like, oh, they have, you have this year. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's good. I've still never been there. Every time I showed up, the line was like an hour plus. And I had people with me. I'm like, all right. I've been to other Kumas. I've <laughs> never been to the original in the West Loop. I That's not the original. Oh, I'm sorry. Original. Yeah, the original is Logan, right? No, the original is like by Beer Temple, California, Belmont. I want to say yeah. it's off Belmont. Elston. The original. I, I, yeah, yes. the corner bar, and there's another bar across the street. I think it's called Square because that's where we ended up going. Like every other time, it's, we go. <laughs> it's like an hour and a half. I'm with people. They're like, no, oh, we don't want to wait. I'm like, okay. The bar across the street has food and they've got an okay bottle selection and we'll just do that. But I've been to the Schomburg one several times and I've been only been happy. Happy. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. only been to the Schomburg one. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Like uh, it's I've, not quite out of the way, but for anyone in the burbs that's in that area, yeah. like that is proper game on. Yeah, because there is mean, usually fine. not a crazy line. I went there uh, early December to meet a, an old work buddy of mine and they had um, Krampus was walking around <laughs> which was pretty amazing in full full regalia a lot of fur a lot of horns <laughs> Krampus is just stomping around making yeah. sure that your metal beer experience is as it should be so I, I do appreciate Kumas they do a good job but yeah. you have some good breweries there, right, Mike? You have yes. Microphone. Uh, microphone is just north of me, and I'm sad to say I've never been there. It's literally probably one of the top three on my to-do list. I met the brewers or possibly the owners at Dark Lord Day in line a few <laughs> years ago, like when they were just started out. And I've been trying to get out to their place ever since and have yet to make it. But everything I've tried from them, I've liked. Um I've been trying a lot more south or proper west of the city um, most recently. Nothing of which is just like, okay, this is super amazing. The one I would call out, and this is more for Colin, just based on some of the comments earlier, Noon Whistle out in Lombard. Oh, yeah. Okay. Very, very good hazy IPAs. Ooh, all right. Which, that's kind of like their thing that they do. Noon whistle. Got it. Yeah. So it's that's probably the one that I would say. I've been there all of one time, but I've had it there beer a handful of times because a coworker really likes it. So it's okay. I'm going to go do that. more? Yes. How do you like their beers? Um, I've had probably only half of their beer list at this time, so <laughs> not too much. Um, 
it was good. Um, I would certainly go back and be happy to do so. Nothing that was just like, okay, this is so outstanding that I need to start sending people here. Yeah. Um, food is good. I didn't have any of the food. Okay. It was strictly beer. So I certainly need to expand on that next time I head out. Yeah, they're really big on their like IPAs and the stouts. Or... Yep. So we have a new beer, the closing beer. Absolutely. Thanks for being uh, here. Okay. Out of St. Petersburg, Florida, not Russia. <laughs> Psycho Brewing. It's, I don't know, you're reading that. Uh, Caribbean. Caribbean rum barrel aged stout with coconut. Yeah, this is what I would consider an effing style beer. Because <laughs> I, I had not really had. See, this is cold and super boozy, right? Yeah. So the, the Firestone yeah. was yeah. mellowed out. Yeah, this is pretty hot. Good. <laughs> this is hot. <laughs> and good. It's, oh, yeah. Before reading this, I would have said there's more chocolate than anything. But now, after having a few sips and trying to see what they're pushing out, I can start to taste the coconut. But like you guys are saying, super boozy on the front end, which I'm digging. Usually some, not usually, but some people say that the cycle brewing stouts kind of lack on body a little bit. I've got no issue with it. It's I drink that entire bottle. <laughs> That'd be my night, but I drink that entire bottle. That's a big <laughs> night there. Oh, yeah. That's a good night. That's a bomber at what kind of? 600 milliliters. Uh, I was trying to check the percent. Oh, percentage. Uh, probably 13. I can I can see that body comment, but I'm fine with it. No, I'm totally I, fine yeah, with that. It's, it's not like silky and I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, this coconut stouts are now <laughs> your beer. I, oh, yeah, I love coconut <laughs> I stouts, man. I have not had anything like, like that. The only thing that would top it. a coconut stout is a coconut IPA. That I had a couple in. What? The, yes. Where can we find yeah. those and how can I Tell subscribe to this? <laughs> oh, man. In. I'm old. I cannot remember <laughs> shit now. Uh, there was a brewery in Orange County. Um, okay. They had a coconut IPA. They shut down. Another oh. one that shut down. Coconut IPA. Orange County. So remember when I was we were talking before the podcast, and I was saying, you know, I haven't brewed anything in a while, and and maybe I'm going to get out of it. Now you're giving me these ideas of like, well, maybe I should try. <laughs> what what would a coconut IPA be like? Yeah. It's not Green Cheek. Green Cheek makes really good beer in Orange County. I don't know. I know because it pisses me off because I had a fun story about that one. Because I usually carry my, my Pelican case with beers and stuff like that. And I was checking. Usually when I check in my luggage, the, the, the agent is like, what is that, tools? I'm like, no, it's empty, but it's going to be beer. And she's like, where are you going? And I mentioned like oh i'm going to orange county and she was like oh there's that i'm like oh there's this really good brewery and she's like oh they shut down like well how do you know (laughs) right she's like yeah i used to like them and stuff yeah 
Same happened in San Jose when one of the first times that I was bringing back some Pliny the Elder. She's like, is it like, what do you have there? Like equipment, tools? I'm like, no, beers. Like, what kind of beer? I'm like, oh, this is beer from like Santa Rosa. It's like, oh, Pliny. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, I used to work at Whole Foods. Yeah, that sells out really quick. I'm like, yep, you you know what I do. So two comments on that. One, just because it's a hilarious story of me kind of goofing up. And then I'd like to hear your opinions on how you pack beer for yours. But mm. So a few, well, it was a year ago now, um, I made a trip out, a literal day trip out to Russian River just to pick up beer to go. <laughs> um it's, I've got family and friends in the area that could certainly have done it, but any excuse for me to go out there and have good beer and yeah. pizza bites, yes, I'm going to go out and have pizza bites and beer. And so I go out there. I don't blame you, man. Uh, literally just a backpack and come back with two cases of beer. <laughs> <laughs> so I did the silly thing where I bought two wine shipping cases when I was out there without realizing that I then had to carry those through the airport. <laughs> Stock full of beer. Um, those are not small, and two cases of beer are not light. I would suggest against anyone having to do that in the future. I'd say at least one. It's <laughs> worth it. Oh, I right. It's like it's the best way to ship beer because they're like, "What is this? You're like beer or wine, whatever, right?" And then, and then they said like they yeah, put fragile I, stickers. Check they're bag, not gonna no like concerns. lose your shit, like. <laughs> When I came back from one of my trips lately, yeah, they lost my beer with my, like the bag with the beer. I'm like, they're like, what do you have in your bag? I'm like, beer. And they're like, huh? I'm like, and I'm like raging. I'm like, on a scale of one to 10, this is a 15 on my concern list right now. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it was very much just the, I could carry and hold the two cases, but they are probably half of my size and maybe a third of my weight. Going from the SFO car rental place all the way to <laughs> oh, the terminal ahoy. without anything to roll or carry with me was just an absolute mess. Um, so shame on me for doing something good of bringing back people two cases worth of beer <laughs> and having a great time otherwise, which yeah, on its own would have been fine. I might have been running late for my flight, and it, that was on me. <laughs> well, I, you guys could go down the route that um, Deviant has talked about for many years and pack a receiver for like an AR or a, a flare gun. You need extra time at the airport, but you have to lock it and you better believe that they will track that package. So get your beer case, <laughs> yes. throw a flare gun or a starter pistol in there because it would be a firearm. They will not lose that. I was, you got to show up early, but I was thinking about that. Um, which at that point it's, I'm going to have a proper Pelican case with all the sizes already figured out for what I need for beer and weight distributed for how much each beer, each beer weighs so that I'm not going over the weight limit. Cause that's another thing. Whereas the past few years when we've gone out for younger games, um, we'll swing by home Depot, grab the hundred foot of bubble wrap, mm. a tape gun, and then literally just wrap each individual beer to the point where we're aware that, okay, in a standard carry-on like size case, you can fit 12 to 14 bottles before going overweight and still fit everything else in there. So it's okay. 
how much are you wrapping these? How much else are you packing in it so that the bottles aren't shifting? And then how much can you actually bring per case at that point? Which is the comment I wanted to bring to you, Louise. What are you doing for shipping? Just the Pelican case and hoping for the best or anything else on top of that? Because there's a lot of opinions out there about how and where to ship beer. And I'm still looking for the best way because for the younger, as we can see here, it's I've literally got a Ziploc bag <laughs> that was taped with bubble wrap around it and just hopes at that point. <laughs> So packing beer, so funny stories, right? Um, I have two ways to do it. One is the Pelican case. That's my claim to fame kind of thing, but not. Um, the Pelican case obviously is going to protect the beer from the outside or whatever is inside from like any impact, whatever from the outside. But as you were saying, shifting and like bubble wrapping and it depends on what you're bringing in terms of, is it bottles, right? Bottles, yeah. Yep. Bubble wrap and kind of like they, they they make it work inside, like put the bubble wrap and stuff. Cans, which is really good for like transporting beers these days. It's good, but being a dumbass sometimes that I am, sometimes you forget about the weight ratio, right? So when you like pick up your bag up, like let's say like upside, up straight, it the weight is going to like mm -hmm. crush the the cans underneath it. That happened to me like at DAFCON a few like years ago. So that's not good. Uh, so you have to kind of like consider that. So for cans, if I know I'm going to a place that I'm going to be visiting a brewery that makes cans, I bring, a, I bring a smaller like size, like checking luggage type of thing, hard case. And I've been buying those... Have you ever seen those bottle like it's they sell as wine bottles yep. the, the wine bags almost yeah, the wine bags yeah. but yeah you buy a, on Amazon I think it's about like 20 bucks 25 bucks for 20 of them or 25 of them okay and it comes with a pump so like it comes like flat whatever and then you like you have the silly pump that like you make it like the shape of a bottle and I put two cans inside of those so with a smaller bag, you can probably easily bring safely two, six, like 12 cans. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty safe and it works. I never had anything break with that. Um, so I, I ship that bag, like I check in that, that luggage empty. They're like, what is here? Nothing. <laughs> what is coming back? Beer. Oh, great. Um, but the problem that I had when I came back from Schmookon this year that I went to Aslan is that they lost my luggage. They didn't lose there. They lost it here. So you're tracking your bag. It says, yeah, it was checked in at DCA. Yeah, it should be here. I'm like, I know that. <laughs> you just told me what I already know. Um, where's my bag? I'm like, probably you like somebody forgot it. Like, at the gate when they took it out. Usually they don't. Or 
what probably happened is that like since it's a lighter bag kind of thing, it's on top of everything, which is good because it's going to be one of the first ones to be delivered. Yeah. But I think like it just like fell off yeah. somewhere at O'Hare. And I'm like, just call the gate, make sure the bag's not like somewhere there. Like we can't do that. I'm like, why? Oh, we have to call the driver, but the driver is doing something else and we have to wait. And they found they found it, everything was fine, but it was just super annoying. If you have a like a Pelican case that is gonna be at the bottom of the loading thing that they have because it looks heavy and it feels heavy, whatever, yeah. it's like sturdy and stuff. So that one they're not gonna lose, but then you have like if it's bottles, what do you guys do is totally perfect, right? Either like the, the wine bag kind of thing or the or just bubble wrap. Yeah. I'd say across everyone from this past trip, the bubble wrap, um, we got I think it was a hundred foot between four people, averaging two sections of one foot piece per bottle no issues at all. And personally, I was just using a single section per bottle, which worked out great. But it's, there certainly is a lot of room for improvement. And I don't want to go so far as to go the wine route of here's the $400 um, luggage case that's going to hold. But you know, that that thing is kind of bullshit, right? Because whatever they sell is just one of those like, Exactly. Beanies, whatever, with like a, a red thing that's this wine carrier. Like you're special. It's four hundred percent upcharge for yeah. something that is going to do a hundred dollars worth of work. Yeah. Wherein I would love to see beer certainly go in that direction, but not the price. No, what I and I think it was at DEFCON a few years ago, Video Man, like I saw him like with a box, just like one of those like twelve yeah. like bottle cases. And I'm like, you just ship this? Like, yeah, this is the best way to do it. And I'm like, huh. It is kind of like not convenient, as yeah. Connor said, but it's like people, you're like, what is this? You're like, beer or wine. And it's like, oh, it can break. So whomever is handling the luggage, they know that's that's and um, as someone who important. did UPS and FedEx for many years, um, there's only one way you can hold those boxes efficiently. It's the appropriate way to hold them. Yes. You're going to move it as you need to because of size and weight. And yeah. there's no other way around it. Yeah. So if people have a clue, that, that's better. Otherwise, yeah. I'll go like a, my Pelican case is not, I don't know how to explain the size. It's not the smaller one. It's not the usual size that we have at the knock mm-hmm. at DEF CON. It's like a medium one. It doesn't fit a lot. But like, especially talking about like bottles, uh, but yeah, it, it does the job. The only downside traveling internationally is that I've seen that some places, whereas like here in the U.S. is like, oh, it's domestics just going to show up. Other places are like, oh, this is like a special, like it's not the regular size. I'm like, yes, it is. They're like, no. <laughs> so like you're waiting for your bag. You're like, oh, shit, they lost my bag. They lost my beer. It's like no, it's on like the the awkward size or like super size luggage kind of stuff. And I will tell you from a recent trip, the awkward size, oversize, those guys do not care, and they will pitch those bags. They just went on a snowboarding trip, and I watched that guy heave stuff out of that conveyor belt. 
Yeah. And it, I mean, it made me cringe with skis and snowboards. Thinking about a Pelican case full of beer would break my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but yeah, you can, yeah. Traveling is just more work. The other trick that I've seen, it's not cardboard. It's cardboardish. If you ever like got wine shipped to you, it's those like cardboard kind of things that. We did that a few years ago. And yeah. there was, I've used those when we've done the DEFCON bottle share because they fit, you know, 750 is yeah. it's a wine bottle, essentially. Mm-hmm. I've actually sort of pulled those apart, broken them down and taped them up yeah. so that it's got a nice sort of shell. Yep. Yeah, you can get, we've been in a wine club, so we get a box and it's just a nice little sort of injection molded looking set of those that snugs them real nice. But yeah. it only works for certain bottles. So it's by reference, the Pliny bottles are just slightly smaller than a bomber, wherein a regular round of just bubble wrap on that almost puts them to the exact size that you'd want for a wine bottle. Oh, yeah. To the point that those work perfectly if you just bubble wrap them once, which then at that point it's double protection. Yeah. Which you're paying a little more, but you're almost guaranteeing a safe transmit of beer. So when you go, okay, so, yeah, so we're doing like two episodes in one. Good luck. You can pause and whatever. There's two uh, of us, it counts. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Should have only had you talk and then me talk. No, we're having fun. It's good. <laughs> having good beer. Uh, have more of that beer, by the way. There's more. There's more of both, and we're going to finish both. Yeah, we will, and there's more beer. Um, when you travel somewhere. You clearly look for beers to buy and stuff. Yes. I do the same, which is silly. Uh, do you do that, Colin? Do you, when you go somewhere like you, like, I need to bring beer back, or you're like, <laughs> if it happens, it happens, and I'll buy a growler yeah, from that's, Steve. And, that's yeah. pretty much it. Uh, the, the other thing I did is I found a, it's not quite a full growler sized, but I have a stainless bottle that's I think oh, yeah. it's about 50 ounces and I've been throwing stickers on it um that's my throw in the bag they can do anything because I, I carry a lot of soft bags when I travel so I don't care what the bag throwers do to it on the way out but I can go to the brewery and say hey can you do me a growler pour with this and a lot of times they'll even throw me a discount because they know it's not a full. Yep. Um, whatever. If I if I have to pay for the whole thing, it's usually just me drinking it, so I'm I'm okay with it. But I kind of do that. Like if it works out, um, I'll go for it. If it doesn't work out, that's fine. But I'd rather have this is the thing that I found that I loved, and I want to drink it for the rest of the week or the next couple of days. Does it usually work? It does. Um, does it depend on state or because I know some states have like weird laws? Well, I don't bring it back. The, the, no, uh, I understand, but yeah. it, like some places will not fill up a growler unless it's their growler. I have not had any problems with it yet. Okay. And and most you of them look shady. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's no, good. I mean, most of the time it's it's been good, and usually when you bring, especially if you've already got a couple brewery stickers on it, yeah, they're like okay. We, like, we know what you're doing. You know, you're clearly a guy who likes beer. Yeah. And I've had servers throw me discounts. I've, I've had them say, well, we don't normally do this, but, you know, we can. So I'm, I'm definitely not getting the, the standard 
sort of like just fill a growler and go. Uh, but you show up and you say, "Do you know who I am?" <laughs> yeah. do, do you know? Do you know that I know Effin? <laughs> and he's a friend of mine. I don't want you to get a bad review on a podcast. <laughs> but it, it, it's usually the sealing thing. So if they can seal it and they can prove that it's sealed when it leaves their facility, they're yeah. okay with it. So yeah. okay. it's, it's been pretty good. So what brand is whatever bottle you have? I'll have to look it up because I found it in some weird some weird spot. I've been looking for um, a good growler size without being overly. Like I think um, I want to say Yeti makes something that's yeah. growler sized, but it's enormous. It's 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 growler shaped, right? So you have this big, large bottle, and I'm making hand gestures on a podcast, which is super helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, it's growler size. No, it's not. It's nice and wide. <laughs> but this, the bottle I have is a little bit um, longer and skinnier. At 50 ounces, it looks like an oversized double walled bottle, like you know something you carry to the gym or just drink water out during the day with a screw cap on it, it makes it easier to kind of shove in luggage when I don't have five days worth of stuff. If I'm just bringing a carry on or I've even shoved it into a, a check bag before or not a, a carry on rather than a check and, and it's okay, but it's, it's double steel walled. So I don't care. It can nope. get banged around. It's not a big piece of glass, which I brought that home and that's always a little nerve wracking. Yeah. The other, other thing I do sometimes, if I'm not bringing beer with me on outbound, I just try to travel light and bring leave like half of my my checked-in luggage empty, maybe some bubble wrap. Yep. And then on the way back, yeah, I'll check in that and yeah, pray for for the best. Right? <laughs> and usually it works too. Um, the only time I had something break was coming back from DEFCON maybe a couple of years ago. And I think also coming back from Boston. That 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 was on the Pelican case. Brought like a bunch of beer from like Trillium. And I'm like, oh, no. Always depressing to lose <laughs> your very carefully sourced, lovely little beers. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll see if I can get the brand name. It, and it was this. It, we went to a local winery in Michigan, and they just happened to have these bottles in the corner. And I was like, "That is the perfect size. It's not quite growler. Larger than like I, I carry a Nalgene that's a liter and a half. But you know, when a plastic bottle for something like that, you really want that double walled, so it's not doing something weird." I have a brewery growler. It might be the brand that you're talking about. And actually, you know what inspired me on that was we'll we'll do a callback here. It was Santa Clara. Because when I was sitting there at the bar and I said, Hey, do you guys have a growler that's not glass? Uh, they said, Oh yes, we do. It's this stainless. I'm like, oh that looks great. How do I get that? What you know, what's it cost? I said, Well, you have to be a mug club member. I said, Okay, well, what's that? He's like, <laughs> Oh, it's like two fifty a year. I'm like, yeah, that's this is a one time. Not sure that <laughs> probably uh, not gonna gonna go there. Yeah, that's one of those things where I really wish that they would allow you to fill on non brewery specific growlers 
because I picked up this fantastic one when I was in Maui for a friend's wedding from Maui Brewing. That is my favorite growler of all time, which Russian River has one of the coolest, like, literal circular growlers, if you've ever seen them. Those are fantastic. I have one of those. But this Maui Brewing growler that I have is way too big. It's bright orange, and it is just the most obscene thing possible. (laughs) And I wish I could get it filled anywhere around here, and no one would fill it just because it's not their brewery. Interesting. Yes. I'm not. I mean, I guess I don't do a lot no, of growlers I, here because it's just like this is straight up plastered Maui brewing. I mean, I could throw stickers on it and maybe they'd play nice, but they know that this is something completely not in their ballpark. So one thing that I've seen recently here, there is a bar called Centennial. Okay. River North ish. They're good, and I went there on Sunday. Which pisses me pissed me off because they had morning delight from Toppling Goliath for a week and a half. Yeah. And I show up, I'm like, do you still have that? He's like, we ran out yesterday. I'm like, you had it for like over a week. He's like, yeah, that's crazy. I'm like, <laughs> God damn it. Um, anyhow, they do growlers. There. Okay. It's a beer bar. I don't know how that's possible, but again. If you, and they have really good beers on tap, usually. So just so you know, they do growlers. That's, we're going to be looking into that soon. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're going to take this podcast on the road and <laughs> see what happens. Go. I yeah. once got a brewer in trouble for a growler. I won't mention the brewer's name. I probably shouldn't mention the brewery's name. Um it was a, a place that I, I lived in for a year in West Michigan. And I won't give too many more details. Uh, they had a beer that I quite fancied. They were not doing, I think they were only barely bottling it at that point. And I convinced my buddy to give me a growler. And they were not supposed to fill those. I drank it by myself on a Saturday, waiting for a friend to come into town and put myself uh, into a spot that I, had one beer when he got there, and I was like, you know, I didn't think I need to go to bed. Um, it was that's why they don't do it. Yeah, that's why they don't do it. Exactly. It was one of those like, yeah, we're gonna give you enough beer to put yourself in a bad situation at this ABV. Okay, well, that's understandable. Yeah. Right? But what is good is crowlers. Crowlers yes, is yes. kind of cool. Love, right? love the concept of the crowler. Yeah. I've been to breweries that I brought really good crawlers. I've been to breweries that are like, can you put that one in the crawler? And they're like, no, 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 no. That's <laughs> not going to, probably because of the same yeah. reason. But yeah. So that's why I bring the the luggage that I'm like, hey, half empty. Let's bring something back. So I'd go off of that for another callback to Pliny the Younger. And this is not my story, but one of the friends that I go out there to visit the year before I started going out for the Younger Games, so roughly 10 or 11 years ago, was the last time that they allowed the Younger to be growlered. And it wasn't Ooh. it wasn't official. It was, right. you could ask for it and they would do it. And then the year after, like, they did a hard cut of, no, no, no. Yeah, I can't do Pe- that. People were doing some shady stuff with this. Yeah. And people made out like bandits with a lot of it. But it's... Between him and his four or five friends, they got in, they got their Pliny, and then they got out. Growlers each. 
as they're getting to where their final destination to get out, they get out of their car and one of the guys drops them. So shatters a growler of younger. And as this was described to me, you could just see the literal souls drop from everyone's faces of just the realization of, no. Sounds like Dark Lord Day for me. Not for me, but for what I've seen. Were the police there? Did they go to jail for that crime? (laughs) Uh, that is as far as <laughs> and as much as the stories I'm aware of. <laughs> um, but yes, I've also seen the Dark Lord days where people get out of line and I haven't actually seen it happen, but I guarantee they were celebrating in some fashion because they just got their beers and they drop and it shatters. And that's the the worst feeling in the world because it's just... I've seen like I, last time I went there was probably three years ago. And yeah. We were with like some people that was their first time and like, yeah, that's the place that you're going to be like grown ups, like totally like super drunk at 11 a.m. And you're going to walk in, you're going to see this guy like bearded, like old guy, just like fucking drop like face, like face plant and fucking like drop all his like beers. And they're like, no, that's not going to happen. It's like, like, oh, shit, you just called it. It's like, yep, it happens. Oh, it's the worst. It's. One of the first things that we do, or at least I do as soon as I get my beer, is I transport it to a safe location off-site so that it's no longer in my possession, so I don't have to worry about it, and that it's not a concern for getting broken yep. immediately. This yep. sounds like a, a thing you may have learned in InfoSec. I am fortunate that I have family <laughs> and friends literally with five minutes from there that it's not that hard to do for me. Se- secure off-site backup. <laughs> yeah, it's an well. important thing, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's I do that, then I'm gonna go enjoy the rest of the conference <laughs> or festival, whatever you want to call that's, it. That's <laughs> yeah, that's usually how it goes. Well, anything else? More? Uh, what? I got we nothing can't have right beers. now. It's, yeah, we can drink more beers. Well, let's. Sorry, folks. At home. Sit back and enjoy some beers, and we can continue this at another time. Yeah, so that we're not welcome pushing, back. So that we're not pushing too much right now. No, that's fine. We're here. Um, come back. Do you hear from your subscribers? Do you get feedback? not yet? Because well, maybe now we're going to start promoting this. But so far, I wanted to get some episodes in and see what happens. And you can have some stickers it's, if you want to start promoting. We're going to Burbsec tonight, and I guarantee we can get at least one view out of that. Okay, you got stickers. <laughs> Bring more stickers to Burb Sack. I got okay. more. And yeah, well, thanks for being here, you two. We're supposed yeah. to be like two different episodes, but it worked out okay. And thanks for being here. Really appreciate that. So much fun. I honestly look forward to coming back because I guarantee we're going to have more good beer. So, episode one, Paulo drinking, he suggested that every six episodes, we should get everybody together oh. and have a bottle share. Wow. So I'm going to see how we can make that happen. Mike is thinking about soccer right now. No, Mike's thinking about his uh, cellared. Yeah, you're both uh, kind of right. His, his pretties in the cellar. What can I bring? What do I not want to feed to these miscreants? Please, I'd give you guys pretty much anything out of my cellar. It's fine. You are the, the last it's, I know you beer person I've ever met. I know you guys will appreciate it, so it won't go to waste here. Yeah, if if you see Mike Connor at a conference, buy him a beer. A good one. He's a yeah, a good one. 
Because you know he's going to get you a good one. Because you know he's going to get you later. And he's a genuinely great dude. I have nothing else after this one. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.